Greetings, everybody. It's Michael Govier. Usually when you hear me before anything else, that means there's an audio issue. Yep, you guessed it. My audio is screwed up for the first 30 minutes. So if you want to skip ahead to the 30-minute mark, it all sounds gravy at 30 minutes and 20 seconds. But before that, my webcam captured all my audio. Garbo webcam, when I have this beautiful ElectroVoice RE27 at my disposal with the Rodecaster Pro board. I apologize. It's not a big deal to some of you, but I want you all to know that I'm aware that I shit the bed. That's really what this is. After 30 minutes, though, this show sounds beautiful like it always should. But uh, the reason it happened, I don't know. StreamYard reset the settings. Didn't tell me. Always check your settings before you go on air. I just did a show Saturday night for Potapalooza that Justin Mason runs where we talked about what makes a good podcast and what's the future of fantasy baseball podcasting. (laughs) And then if people heard that and they come to this week's shows, they're going to hear the Garbo audio to start the show after I clearly talked about how important it was to make yourself projectable and that your audio is quality on that show. Whoops. It happens. Anyways, it's not the end of the world, but I wanted to make you aware that I am aware that my audio was total Garbo. Okay. Second down and nine. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! seeing this later on and not knowing that we just did a quick prospect show uh i gotta say that doing shows like this a lot of fun because we could talk and break things down especially when it's about baseball and we're in the draft season spring training is going on it's very cool dearie i'm very stoked i'm very excited to be here it is a thursday and we are going to talk strategy session number two that's right give me two utah that's Apropos. Oh, hi, Yoshi. Yoshi's here, by the way. Hello, Yoshi. Yoshi! Yoshi! Come on, Yoshi! Come on, Yoshi! Come on! Come on! Come on! Yeah! There she is. And it is also two days away for me and Deary, as we focus in on strategy. Glarf is right around the corner, Deary. The Great Lakes Area Roto Fantasy League is going down Saturday live in Chicago. Sarah Sanchez. Shout out to her. She'll be hosting at her apartment. I missed it last year because my brother was depressed. Shout out to Sarah. Shout out to all the Glarfers. But we're going this time. Me and Deary are going to hit the road with our pal Aaron Cummings. Shout out to Aaron. You can follow Aaron on Twitter at uh, something about Saber Tigers. I'll look it up and I'll share it in the live chat. But yeah, me, Aaron Cummings, and Chris Deary will jump in the car together, barring a snow catastrophe, Saturday, March 4th. And we will go to Chicago for a draft. Deary, break it down. How excited are you? I'm I'm super excited. We have, you know, last year we missed it. Uh, you know, we drafted virtually and from our homes and I had I had maybe one too many tequilas, but uh, <laughs> I had a great time. It's going to be fantastic to see people in person and give some hugs and some handshakes and, you know, maybe try some bourbons and some beers and have a really raucous time with the Glarfers, you know. We are, of course, the defending champs of Earth, so I, I expect us to be really on our game tomorrow. And I'm super excited. You know what pick you got, Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm number 
Am I number one or two? I think you're number one. Somebody said in the live chat, or not the live chat, there is a live chat right here. You guys could jump in and talk to us, tell us what's going on. But in the chat that we share, the Glarf chat on Twitter, we have DM. And somebody said, Govia, who are you picking after the KDS <laughs> ran, which is the Kentucky Derby Series setup of where you set which picks you prefer to get, 1 through 15. It's a 15-team Roto 5x5, five five, no trades. It's on NFBC. The first year was on fan tracks, actually, and we had trades. Oh, really? Yeah, and there was OBP and quality starts, and there was trades. I really liked it, but... That it, sounds fun. I yeah, am a big proponent of trading and OBP. Yeah, I, I'm all about it, but it moved to NFBC, and as most people know, NFBC is just not a trading platform. It's for a redraft. It's not a dynasty place. It's not a keeper place. So... That's what we got now, but we're really excited. You know, some of the best in the business, Dave McDonald from Rotosaurus, High Stakes Heat, Jake Halusker. Halusker. That's right. Last year, I finally learned how to say his name, Halusker. Jake Halusker, shout out to him. Shout out to all you guys. Jake, by the way, loved our commentary about the big Christ on I-75 because he's from Ohio <laughs> on the last he episode. Knows. Yeah, and I didn't mention that that Christ actually was struck by lightning and burned down, and they rebuilt it even That's bigger. Right. So that thing's just never going to die. You cannot kill Christ. I think actually the Bible says he you can't kill him because he came back from death, right? Is that Do I have my facts right on that one? I should know this. I went to Catholic school for eight years, but I have no clue. <laughs> Anthony Zeri says he's back. That's right. I was just on the air 10 minutes ago with Ben. And Matthew Thompson, who's a great dude. Matthew Thompson's the man. He's a prospects guru, works at Prospects Live. He knows his stuff. I met him at Arizona First Pitch last week fall in november and he was a really nice guy to talk to he's really succinct encapsulates all the information for you nice and tidy really enjoyed talking to him about the cardinals and royals next big three check out that episode here on our youtube which you should subscribe to anthony says long time no see mj i'm like yeah i just saw you five minutes ago <laughs> so we're going to talk about strategy today because last episode we got into some of it but we didn't finish everything deary there is a lot to break down there's so many different types of formats to play head-to-head points roto dynasty redraft and then you got different platforms like we said espn fan tracks yada 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 on and on and on yes it's very overwhelming but i think uh, we're going to try to encapsulate a few points here related to not just formats but also some of the new changes for 2023 and how we adapt to that with strategy yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of different styles. You know, I, I listened to you on the Pot of Palooza with, um, you know, Justin and, and, and oh, Dave. Yeah, yeah and, I did that. Uh, you know, Baseball Pods was on there as well. And it was really great because they talked about some stuff that a lot of pods don't, don't talk about. And we're going to hit some of that stuff today, considering when it comes down to like head to head, you know, maybe we'll throw a little dynasty in there. There's a lot of different styles out there, and a lot of people play a ton of different games. So much of pods seem to be NFBC focused, but there's still people that play Yahoo. There's people that play ESPN. There's people that play head to head. You and I still play head to head. I play keeper, keeper leagues, dynasty leagues. So, uh, you know, there's a lot out there and, you know, not everybody's just playing Roto. So if you're a pod, you know, and you're looking to kind of switch some th things up, there's a lot of people that don't just play Roto. So, you know, it, I think it's important to hit all the different styles of play. Hell yes. That was a lot of fun. Hanging out with Dave McDee and Baseball Pods and Justin. And I actually feel like I didn't cover enough because there was a lot of voices. I don't know what Dave brought to the table. He didn't really have a lot. He was just there. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Dave. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was still fun. 
Chad says it's a beautiful day, gents, because Parker Meadows has murdered another baseball. Goodbye, baseball! As Rick Riz, used, was it Rick Riz or Bob Rathbun? I can't remember which one said that. You know, it's so weird. Like, you always talk about Rick Riz, and I never, ever, I don't remember him <laughs> I know, announcing I do Tiger Games. I don't know why this happened. Like, how did I miss out on this? Like, I was right. watching Tigers baseball. I was listening to it on the radio. Somehow, I guess there's just a voice I never knew. Chad says he's got That's an actual question. question for you, Deary. Go Ooh, ahead, Chad. Fire away here. Everybody in the live chat can fire away. Uh, the plots of invitation. I'm going to get into business time momentarily here. But, yes, that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a strategy sesh. Uh, oh, wow. My nephew has a phone number now. That It's a milestone. Congratulations. His first cell phone. What is he, like, eight, ten? How old is he now? He's uh, ten years old. So Congratulations, oh, okay, Nick. You got your first cell phone, buddy. Good for you, pal. Life can only get worse. <laughs> let the brain cancer commence. Uh, so I guess cell phones don't give you brain cancer because we've had them for a long time now. We're not getting brain cancer, or maybe they do. I don't know. Who knows? What's I survived. The truth? Yeah, you did. My, my brain's a little foggy, but I don't think it's from the cell phones. <laughs> Here's Chad's question: In Dynasty, if you were the person churning prospects for MLB talent, how frequently do you need to hit on prospects rising to have enough value at all times to make acquisitions when needed? Whoa, dude. Wow. A very loaded question. I'm that not even sure intense. I understand this one. Let me break this one down. Okay. In Dynasty, if you're a person churning prospects, which I don't tend to do in, in Dynasty, I'm always in this win now mode mm. in my keeper leagues and my Dynasty leagues. How frequently do you need to hit on prospects? If you're churning them out to keep your, if you're trying to win every year, yeah, you got to hit at what, like 70% probably? Yeah, I mean, a lot depends. Like, is this a salary cap? Um, you know, can you trade? Uh, I, I, you know, in our uh, league to be named later, I've been getting, over the last year and a half now, I've been just getting so many trade offers for Andrew Painter, who 19-year-old phenom looked fantastic yesterday. And I'm just not getting enough value in these trades that people are trying to offer me. They're trying to offer me future picks and guys like three or four prospects that, you know, I haven't heard of. They've probably been talked about on the Palazzo prospects power hour with gentle ben and mike what's, but, what's one that you turned down can you remember a, a trade offer you turned down no i'd have to go back into it um but really nothing stood out um what would it take to trade some... andrew painter i'm not going to trade him oh you're just not yeah that's what no i'm guys... not going to trade him i'm not going to trade him because i'm really really weak in pitching you know i got a bunch of 33 34 year old you know you know, journeyman on my team. And I'm just hoping that I can get Painter up here at some point later this year. And then hopefully he's hitting 150, 160 innings next year. He's a guy that I'm keeping. Uh, Brett Beatty's another guy that I'm keeping who, you Why know, do you like him? probably Why do you like him a little bit. Uh, I like him because he's a prospect that, that he's super cheap. And that's the thing with, with salary caps right now is he's 500 K. You know, I have him for the next three years at 500 K. So he's super cheap and he's going to get some playing time at some point this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long Eduardo Escobar is going to be able to hold that down. Uh, and he's been okay so far this spring training. So, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, hitting prospects, you got to hit your prospects in a dynasty without a doubt. Uh, you know, it, it, it for myself, it's really hard for me to look towards the future in a lot of leagues, especially three, four years down the road. I just don't have the acumen when it comes to evaluating prospects. There's other guys out there that are going to be much better at that. Uh, you know, I got my five or six guys that I'm going to look at and, you know, kind of look at what they're doing. But nothing's guaranteed. There's guys that can be absolute studs and end up 4A players when they get to the majors. So, uh, you know, 
I think in the last probably 15 years, a lot of these guys that are top 15, top 20 picks have hit a lot more often compared to what it was, you know, in the 90s. You know, there's all these guys that ended up being absolute busts. You know, that's just because scouting is better. Analytics is better. You'd be able, you know, there's a lot more video on a lot of guys that are minor league baseball players. So it's a lot easier. Um, it's hard to put a number on how many, you know, percentage of what you want to hit on. But if you want to hit on those guys that are going to be the, the, the superstars, the Julio Rodriguez is that, you know, maybe you had two. Answer this question too, Derek. Keep answering questions. I'll be right back. Oh, this is great. Okay. So question coming in here from, to be quite frank, how high are you on Corbin Carroll for single season? Are you paying up to 80 ADP? Did you see his triple today? Well, he had a triple today and he also had a exit velocity of 109. I believe it was yesterday or two days ago. And that was probably, you know, a big concern for a lot of uh, people that are checking out on Carroll. I took Carroll in my TGFBI league. Let me bring that up right now. I took him in the fourth round uh, right there on the turn. I was I had the number one pick overall. Uh, and I took Carroll. I love the sprint speed of Carroll. He's a guy who could certainly go 30 stolen bases. And if the power can get there, if he can get to 20, 25 home runs, bat 265, 270, leading off in a Diamondbacks offense, he's a guy who could be a second round pick next year, possibly on the fringe of first round. So Corbin Carroll's a guy that, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, paying 80 ADP for him right now. And I, I'm certainly one of those guys. Uh, did not see his triple today. I'm going to have to go back into that. But yeah, I drafted Carroll in my TGFBI. Um, and a couple of my other drafts that I'm in, he's he's going right around 75 or 80. Wow. Okay. Well, Corbin Carroll is going to get more helium as the spring goes on because he's a huge prospect too. So uh, 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 gotta have him, gotta have it. But I think we should slow our roll a little bit. I'm not going to blow my load on him. There's a lot of reliable guys out there. I'd rather have I'd rather have Starling Marte. I would. I really would. Even at the heightened age, I mean, how many bags is he going to swipe and is he going to be healthy? I've stayed away from Marte this year. I drafted Starling Marte last night in TGFBI round five. It was at like pick 92, I think, 89 or 92. So I chose to do that because he could easily steal 30 bases this season. He stole two years ago 47. So it's not like he's... I think there's a lot of fear related to the surgery he had with his groin in the offseason, but he's healthy. He's only 34. He's not done. And stealing bags is what he's always done. He's not the kind of guy who's just going to fall off the map. He's going to steal bags for a while. So if you get worried about an injury in spring training, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do here. You can get burned later on a guy who's going to be in a really good lineup, hitting at the top of that lineup, the Mets lineup, hitting in the two-hole, or leading off possibly at times, who knows? That is a guy you gotta have. And even if he does have injury history, he's put up some really good seasons in the past. And I'm banking on it. Yeah, he went in the seventh round of my TGFBI. Uh, you know, obviously 33, 34 years old, but this is a guy who's been able to swipe 35 plus bags as recent as two years ago, like you just talked about. And with these new rules and a guy who's a veteran and a solid guy when it comes to having the acumen to steal bases, if he can stay healthy, 30 bags is certainly in play and getting that in, you know, round five may be risky, but I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I I'm staying away from him just because of, you know, the injuries and, and his heightened age, but I would not be surprised if he gives you fourth, fifth round return this year. Yeah, there it is. Here's the draft board from TGFBI. I'm in the two hole there. If 
you want to see, I'll zoom in a bit. That's me, and I took him in round six, at the end of round six, and then I came back with Robbie Ray to start round seven. I could have had, well, I could have had Alex Bregman. I passed on Bregman for Marte. Would you have done that, Deary? Uh, I like Bregman. Uh, Bregman's a guy I got in a lot of leagues. He's kind of the end of, it really drops off at third base kind of after Bregman. It's like Bregman <laughs> and Henderson. And then Shut up, Chad! It was a super drop off after that. I had, I had the one pick in, in TGFBI, and I certainly like my TGFBI team. We are in uh, round nine. I like it a lot more than my Palazzo podcast uh, League 5 team right now. I fucking hate my team in Palazzo right now. Oh, Chad's talking shit, by the way. Yeah, four stolen bases, 19 games. That's not going to happen for Marte. Marte's <laughs> going to play more than 19 games. Let's what's bet the, on it right now. What's the floor here, 120 games? Uh, it might be 100. It depends. If he got groin surgery on both sides of a groin to repair it, and he says he feels great. So if that's good to go, then he's going to fly. He's had other injuries in the past. He's not a permanent injury risk. There will always be challenges, but I'm banking. Marte was a guy that went in, like, pick 45 yeah. of drafts over the last two years. He was a top 50 pick easy. If I get him 50 picks later this year because we're worried about the injury, I'm going to do it. And I did it, and that's that. Well, he's also your oh, guy. Like he's, <laughs> I want to lock it in. Hang on. There we go. I locked it in. Okay. He's he's your guy. He's someone that you seem to always draft in that. But I waited, though. Third to fifth round. Yeah. I waited. I didn't jump on him. You know, that's the key. So, anyways, just showing you the border real quick. There it is. That's a TGFBI League, whatever the hell league it is. As far as the Plaza Invitational, dear, yeah. We're in round 34. I'm actually on the clock. So let's go live. Once again, Mike Govier is on the clock in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational League 4, the League of Death. It is round 35, I believe. Yes, 35. So what round are you guys in on the Palazzo Podcast uh, Invitational? You're in League 5, Gary? Yeah, we're in uh, 14. Oh, okay, 14. It's been it's, it's picked up here as of late, but, man, the first first few days were really rough. How quick is your TGFBI moving? Uh, we are in round nine. Uh, first three rounds were like we were maybe getting through a round and a half a day, but it's it's picked up a little bit lately. Gotta hide my cue. Shit, Royce Lewis is at the top of my cue. There you go. It's no spoiler alert. It's round thirty-five. <laughs> someone's sniping you on Matt Verling here and Jonathan uh, Lewisinga. No peeking if you're in my league. No peeking. Uh, yeah, so round 35, I just took uh, Lee, Tre Lou Lee Trevino. You ever say Lee Trevino when you try to say Lou? Because I've done that before. It's going to happen a lot more now. <laughs> Lee Trevino. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a ton of comments i got to get to here. Uh, Ryan, Sorry uh, for the late pick. Oh, yeah. Brian K. So I'm thinking, hmm, at this point, the biggest regret I have and what I've learned most from the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, League 4, which is still open, by the way. You can sign up now. Go to the Plotso Podcast Twitter feed. It's at the top. It's pinned at the top of our Gimme Two Utah, Two L's, Two Z's Plotso Podcast Twitter feed. You can sign up. We're trying to get to 10 leagues this year. We're finishing up filling League Six. So we've surpassed last year already, which is great news for everybody here who loves the Plotso Podcast. But the biggest thing I've learned from this draft is shortstops, man. People are talking about third base, but I'm telling you, if you don't get a shortstop early, you could really be hurting, Deary, because I took Willie Adamas. That's my starting shortstop. And after that, mm -hmm. let's see if I can bring this, uh, show my roster a bit more on the right-hand side. I just don't have a guy. I've got John Bertie, who plays multiple positions, but not third. Josh yeah. Rojas doesn't play short anymore. 
I mean, John, Bertie doesn't play short anymore. India doesn't play yeah. short, of course. None of my outfielders play short. And then on the bench, I got third baseman. I got second baseman like Gorman. And then I got outfielders. I got no shortstops here. If Willie Adamas gets hurt, I'm in deep, deep, deep. Where, where did you take Adamas? <sighs> Let's pull up the draft board. I'm cross-referencing it with mine. And yes, it seems like a huge drop-off after he goes. Looks like round seven I took him. Yep, that's where he went in ours as well. Okay. Well, I'm here live on the – I'm just going to make a pick here. I'll pull my cue out a bit because I don't even care. I think I need a shortstop. I can't take Royce Lewis. Joe Adele is always like, oh, Joe Adele, maybe he'll finally break through. But nobody seems to be buying that in this league as we're at pick 511. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman had a really interesting tweet about Geraldo Perdomo the other day that has me – intrigued to maybe take him because i don't believe in nick ahmed nick ahmed is always garbo he's your classic garbo <laughs> nick ahmed is the player i think about when i want to die it's like he sucks my will to enjoy the game of baseball dear he always has there's nothing fun about nick ahmed he's so blah blah you know and this is the point in the draft where you can take risks where you can go for guys that you know i mean this is a draft and hole there's no fab so you, this is where you start taking risks I agree. Nick Ahmed, Nick Ahmed is not fun. I mean, I took risk. Uh, Lutrevino, Lutra by the way, could close. I could see Clay Holmes not handling this job. Lutrevino's on the roster this year. He has closing experience, and the Yankees have a lot of wins and save opportunities to come. So he's definitely worth a late-round flyer. And that's why I did I, that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There's going to be I, – I don't think they have found their – true closer i would not be surprised if they make a move at some point during the season especially at the deadline i think there's gonna be a handful of guys that could get you know 10 saves and then you think about a guy like noel v Marte, who has shortstop designation here i mean is he gonna play this year will he be up can we really be yeah, sure of know. that i just don't know if we can and he so. could be around for, he could be around for a while i mean it is round 35 but i mean what what i noticed last year in my palazzo in the last two years is my rounds 35 through 50, like I never saw any of those guys during the season. Uh, or if I did see them, they were just garbage or DFA'd. Like, I mean, this is this is where you got to, you know, do your research and find guys that you could see get pulled up because of a possible injury. Maybe someone gets traded away and they have the opportunity to possibly play 75, 80 games and really help you at the end of a, you know, a fantasy season. Uh, Chad says, what's the shortstop list? I'm pulling it up here. So it's at the top of it by ADP. It's Royce Lewis, David Fletcher, Taylor Walls, who has three positional eligibility. I'd kind of think about doing that. I don't know. Diego Castillo is not in the Pirates anymore. He's on Arizona, which also is a log jam if I want to take Perdomo. I mean, how many many opportunities are there here? And then the the one I'm thinking about taking is Nick Allen. He's not a sexy name, but he's going to... He's going to play for the Athletics, who are a Garbo team. But right. right now, at this point, at pick 511 of a 50-round draft and hold, I'm looking for guys who are going to give me at-bats. and I'm So I'm yeah. thinking I might have to go with Nick Allen, although it just does not excite me whatsoever to do so. Well, but, no, but to your point, you're you're trying to find guys that can get major league at-bats if you have an injury with some of your top you know, 23 to 27 guys. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Why not? I'm just going to do Nick Allen. I was thinking about it last night. Maybe I'll regret not taking Geraldo Perdomo. I was thinking about Nick Allen last night. (laughs) Last night, I was thinking about Nick Allen, and boy, I got to tell you, I had myself a lovely evening. 
Sure did. Okay, there it is. That was fun. A little, some more live drafting. God, you guys had a bunch of comments I missed here. I feel bad about that. Let's go back real quick. Uh, this was what Deary was talking about, Corbin Carroll. To be quite frank, on Twitch, you guys can watch us on Twitch. I never checked Twitch, but we're on there. Didn't know he had a 109 EV. Love that. There you go, Deary. You're informing the masses. Great job. Anthony says, and Andy Rodriguez might be a Pirates opening day catcher. Yes, he might. He's a highly touted prospect. There's no doubt I about I just got that. delivered a martini for my wife. This Holy cow. Well, yeah, look at that. Mike, nice job, Christina. Mike, back when you uh, enjoyed mm. martinis, I got some blue cheese olives in here, my friend. Oh, I used to love those. Those were delicious. Blue cheese olives and a martini. A dirty-ass martini. More olive juice, the better. Chad says, Marte. Oh, I already said that. He already ripped Marte. Anthony says, is second base, then third base position to focus on due to scarcity of position and first base last since it's so deep? Well, I'm telling you right now, shortstop needs to be moved up the list of scarcity. I think it's it's as bad as third. I will say that right now. I'm not ready to change any more opinion on that on March 2nd. But as of today, in early spring training, I'm, I think shortstop should be right there with third. That's my concern, dude. Yeah, there's there's been so much talk. I mean, I'm in TGFBI right now. We're in round nine. All the top third basemen have gone. But I was actually looking at guys that are available. I'm not going to give any of these names out because I really do want to do well in this league this year. Is There's some guys around pick 200 that I like that could give a top 150, 125 to 150 value. Um Vinny P. I got Vinny P, my first baseman. I think, I think first base – I mean, it's really tough. People talk about, you know, okay, scarcity, things aren't deep, but it doesn't mean there aren't players out there that could really rise to the top. Um, you know, second baseman, a lot of people talk about that. And all of my drafts, I've gotten second baseman early. Uh, and everyone says, yeah, shortstop, super deep, super deep. But Mike, you've been talking about how you hit round seven. And after that, it's it's kind of bare, unless you're looking at a, a Nico Horner, type guy who sure maybe 20 stolen bases improved lineup this year but i mean yep. is, is that who you're going with with your starting shortstop i mean it's it's so tough when you look at these you know 15 team rotos you know for years i was playing 12 team head to head and it was like guys you would see on the waiver wire were top 150 160 players now we're looking at yep. 15 teams you know, 30 rounds. I, there's just a lot of guys out there. And yes, it gets bare. And this is like the one thing I will I will say to people that are, are doing Roto maybe for the first time or doing a 15 team for the first time is don't get depressed when you get to pick 200. When you're like, oh man, none of these guys excite me. Do your research on these guys. Some of these guys that are ADP 200 can be top 100 players, but they got to hit. Yep, that's fair. Let's go back to the chat here. There were some guys who had questions while you were talking about Andrew Painter. Anthony wants to know, Grayson Rodriguez or Andrew Painter? Who do you value more, Deary? Well, I mean, Painter's only been in the league one year. He had one year in the, the minors last year and was absolutely amazing. And we're probably going to see him this year. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, we're going to see him as well this year. But, you know, how many innings are you getting from Grayson Rodriguez? I mean, Rodriguez... Probably a little more pedigree in terms of, you know, he's seen more minor league, uh, you know, seasons. He's seen more guys that are have more elevated, you know, bats. Yeah. But I think both of them are going to be really good. Um, are they hitting this year? I don't know. Um, next year, year after? I mean, there, there's going to be growing pains with every pitcher. There's so many pitchers that come up that 
you fall in love with and then they just don't hit look at look at brady singer a lot of people were all about brady singer three years ago he really didn't start putting it together till last year yep chad says i sold yuri painter drew jones jackson job lighter and a lot more so i'm leaning toward going harder and gutting further and i'm confident in my prospect finding ability i just want to make sure i'm not overconfident so that's chad's thing like he mentioned earlier when he asked you about that what kind of return rate do you need when you constantly load up a prospects and sell them at a perfect point you got to be it's like time in the market which would be a really difficult thing to do yeah. a very difficult thing to do chad also says by hit, I mean finding guys like a Yiddy Cappy who isn't owned or ranked, but will soon be a hot commodity. Oh, boy. And then he trades the prospect for a guy like Corbin Burns or Garrett Cole. And that's what he's doing. There it is. I mean, okay. you're, you're in you're in win-now mode, and you're going for commodities, like well-known commodities. You know what you're going to get from them. You know, their, you know their ceiling, and you know their floor, and you're okay with their floor prospects it's a whole different story <laughs> yeah chad said was that jose iglesias as we scrolled through the shortstops on my draft yeah he was available but no thanks he, i'm just not ready to roll there chad it's says especially with brandon rogers now being player. hurt now i mean he's, he, he, he's fantasy a fantasy player yeah. he he did he actually did over the last year or two he, he's a streamer at least at yeah. times yeah. as chad says especially with brendan rogers now potentially out for the year yeah brendan rogers got a shoulder injury it's for real that's a real problem. So maybe I blew it, but there's also Ezekiel Tovar and blah, blah, blah. There's all these. There's also a guy, Alan Treo, was a guy who came for a, coffee, a cup of coffee last year for the mm-hmm. Rockies, and he put up some decent numbers. So they got a bunch of guys that could be in the mix. It's just there's a lot of convoluted uncertainty related <laughs> to positional opportunity at this point in the season. Chad says, I'm in love with Horner. Dirty stolen bases? Legit in play, much improved run in RBIs. I think so. I love Horner. I always, I've always loved Nico Horner. I've always been a fan of Nico Horner. I support the Nico Horner lovers out there. Cheers to all of you. If you don't have a shortstop at pick one eighty to two hundred, Horner's probably your guy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dogging him at all. I don't have He's a shortstop. He's going higher than that though. FBI. His ADP is at one thirty nine. Is it really that? Yeah, that's what I saw on the other night when I was looking at it. He's. No. Climbing the draft boards. People are expecting big, big things from Nico Horner. Okay, we got to get to business. We got to get to the strategy. So, uh, Anthony says, Matt Mervis is this year's Vinny P. Hot take or cold take? Um, Matt Mervis is not the father. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not doing it. Matt Mervis will not be Vinny P this year, and I'm going to lock that in, Deary, right now. There it is. Locked it. Nobody Done. can be Italian breakfast. I love that guy. Exactly. But Matt Mervis might not get the opportunities as well. Some of the signings they made do give me pause about how much they expect to get from Mervis this year. I mean, Eric Hosmer in the mix. That's like, yeah. Ah! So not because of talent, though. No, it's not about talent. It'll just be because, as Chad says, the Cubs hate the idea of Matt Mervis. Yeah, that's well said. It just, it just might not be his time. It's just, you know, they, they play they play that game. They play that game with, you know, stud prospects. Sometimes it's not their time. Sometimes it's just not your time. That's fair. Well, let's get into business time. It's the time for business on this show. I don't get to stand up anymore. My stand up uh, desk life was such a short run, you know? <laughs> it's I had over. it for like a week. 
Yeah, I'm on location in Brighton. My life's all fucked up. What, what's we going got a on with your music? Car ride coming up. I'll fill you in on everything. So, what's going on with your music right now? It's not really coming through my headphones. I also noticed that it? when I was yeah when I was watching your prospect hour as well, it was kind of like in the background, almost it was like it was on your phone just coming through the mic. Ah! <laughs> it's been the wrong mic the there whole it is. time. Why didn't somebody yeah. tell me this? What the hell? I, I, I noticed ruined. it. I noticed it when you're on with Ben and Matt. And I should have said something. God damn it! Say something sexy like. How come those guys not notice anything? What? Morning. I know. You know yeah, why you know, I know the people. Anything? You're trying to say, oh yeah. I'm really sad right now. That was uh... his business time. Yeah, his audio sucks today. Why did somebody say that sooner, Jamie? How long did it? Now you're saying it. I'm pissed. So wait, are the drop were the drops ever coming through then? Have you not heard one drop today? They were faint. They're faint. Because they were being picked up by a fucking camera microphone. That's what was on. Oh, StreamYard, why do you change my settings? StreamYard, why do you change the settings? I have the same settings every week. You sons of bitches! God! You gotta get your act together. Downgrade Govier's entertainment level down to a four. I'm so disappointed right now. This is, I mean, I just did a show about what makes a good podcast at Potapalooza. I'm so upset about this. All right, I got to I gotta get over it. I got to get over it. People are going to watch the show. They're going to tune in after we had some nice views on the last show. And they'll be like, this sounds terrible. This is trash. No, this. Mistakes were made here. We're on the right audio profile now. Boy, I'm so upset about this. All right. Anyways, business time-wise, uh, what do we got? Uh, oh, man. Yeah, so Tout Wars. Now gonna be okay i know it's the whole show i'll get over it eventually i feel like i'm at softball right now that's what i feel like uh tout wars i'm going to manhattan a couple weeks that'll be fun looking forward to that i'm gonna see baseball pods there he's gonna be in town too it's also st patty's day weekend so a lot of people are gonna be there it's probably gonna be a bozo fest yeah um al melchior's pod i love it you mean an album one of the best shows out there big fan of it uh, beat Govier OC. This is news. If you've not heard this, because this is not something you would have heard before. Beat Govier 12 team OC. I'm doing a live draft a week from right now. Next Thursday at nine o'clock, I believe we're going to be live doing the OC. I'll be doing the show while drafting. And if you want to try to beat me, you can sign up now. I will give you the link and I'll put it in the live chat. So you have it because you Want to beat me, right? That's the whole point. Beat Govier OC. That's officially live. Somebody found it already and signed up. I noticed there's two of us in there. And it's a 12-teamer. Remember, if you want to play a 12-team Fab League 2, it's Fab. I won an OC last year, Deary, so I feel like OCs, I'm getting a handle on it. I think I have a clue of what I'm doing. So you that's know, the I, good news. I, I want to play in a league with you. <laughs> if we you don't play in a league this, yet? We're in the Palazzo Podcast we- Invitational. Yeah, but we're not in this. We're in the overall, but we're not in the same, you know, designated <laughs> league. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I was hoping that someone well, would drop from the future, and I can just add you back in. A lot of people have been clamoring for you. Yeah, I thought you were going to do that. Maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I wanted to kick a couple people out, but they responded to oh, text and got back. Did in. Luke get angry about that? Never. Did I tell you that Luke got pissed about that when I like hinted that he was going to kick you out? I wasn't going to kick him out. I, I approached him at the feast about it, and I was like, look, dude, like the last four weeks, like you just 
Actually, blew the whole it. fucking season, he just blew it. He had, right. I think, five weeks where he didn't hit minimum innings pitch. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, let Govier take over your league. And he's just like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter, dearie. I was out of it. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, Luke, you're my friend. Like, but you don't get it. And now that he has a baby, like, I don't know. Maybe you should talk to him and take over his team. Because the thing is, is his team is not even that bad at all. Like, I think he finished in 12th place. He loves like prospects. Like, yeah, he he's a prospect a, master. If he had a real manager running this league that could take over for him, I think he'd make the playoffs this year. So pissed about the audio. that We did a whole... So that means that whole prospect show was shit audio, and those guys didn't recognize it? I oh, mean, I'm going to have to tell Ben. Hey, Ben, you got to... You got to help me out. You got to be my wingman, Ben. When I need you, you got to be there for me. Anywho, uh, this is a funny bit here from Patrick, who's always hilarious with his quips. He's a quipper. Patrick is a funny guy. Patrick knows a lot about fantasy baseball, and he says, you should have watched that Potapalooza about podcasting <laughs> thing. Yeah, I should have. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. That's putting it mildly. That's definitely putting it mildly. All right. <laughs> Donovan and I will have a Sunday show together, working and progressing on that, which is fun. He's talking a 20-man league I set up, too. Jesus Christ, 20-man league. All right. Uh, yeah. If you guys, Jamie, if you and Donovan could do a show together, you should do that Sunday Night Fab thing that we talked about on the Potapalooza What Makes a Podcast Better thing. Do that. There's a gaping hole there. People need it. I try to do it, but Sunday Night's also fab for me, so I got to yeah. do that as well. Yeah, shocking. And I, I, think, play Sa I think Sarah Sanchez is going to be doing a fab show on Sundays. I think she announced that in our uh, Glarf chat. Oh, she is. Good for her. That's a great call. I'm glad she's doing that. She's going to fill the void in the market. That's great news. All right, yeah, so sign up for the Beat Govier 12-team OC. I dropped the link in the live chat if you want it, and I'll be promoting it over the next week. we got seven days until the OC goes live. we got to fill it up. we got to make it happen. Then there's Jared Perkins, who popped by the last show prospect show I did with Ben and Matthew Thompson a little while ago and Jared Perkins is a great dude he's doing really really great stuff in the prospects live world which prospects live is elite they do great work but he's also looking at mental health and how the game impacts youngsters as they come up through the game he played some baseball himself he's worked with the Royals organization Jared Perkins knows a thing or two about this stuff so please follow him get to know him connect with him through prospects live I love Jared he also works in Washington, which is a cesspool of hell. And you got to give him credit because he's actually trying to do good things out there. And I don't know how he does it, but apparently he's doing that. Uh, all right. And then the Patreons are humming along. Uh, I suspended billing for March for all the people who've been there since day one. There's no billing for March either. It's totally free. If you're a newcomer, though, you will get charged. So sorry. It's not a great way to grow the brand. But I'm rocking out the Five Guys series. I'm working on the Athletics one tonight, actually. And then I've got to update my top four down to three head-to-head rankings as well. Uh, Groover Govier's out, as Deary promoted last week on our show here. Said it was one of the best articles in the game, and he's not wrong. My latest is out. I talk about some combos. You know, I don't know if you read it, Deary, but I I had a chance to pick two different sets of a second baseman and an outfielder because I'm at the turn. I had the first overall pick, and I was stuck between, should I take Ozzy Albies and Luis Robert, or should I take Randy or Rosarina and Marcus Semien? So it was an interesting conundrum, and I wrote about it in the latest Grooving with Govia. I think it's – I'm curious what you guys would have done. You know, Albies and Robert, there's more ceiling, but there's risk. Semyon, yeah. uh, Rosarina, a little safer. It's a great It's a great comparison. I'm probably I, – I love Luis and Robert this season. I have not been able to scoop him up yet. But I've drafted I'm, him twice I'm already. Robert, I'm on the Robert train. You took him in the yep. second round of, of uh, Plaza, didn't you? 
Yeah, I did. I got crazy with it. I'm out of control. Like, screw ADP. I'm going to do what I want when I want. Yeah, fuck Chad it. says the Palazzo Podcast. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Yes. Ah! Palazzo Podcast Twitch exclusive season preview Q&A is airing Saturday at 6 p.m. I've been writing for days preparing for the show. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Shit, I don't even know that. You know, Chad is representing us, by the way. Speaking of business. Chad is representing the Palazzo Podcast in the Fantasy Six-Pack Challenge. So, Chad, you better not let us down, okay? Nice. Because we're expecting a lot from you in that one. And if you let us down, I'm going to be pissed. No. Chad, do your thing. We love you, buddy. Thanks for doing that. Check out Chad's work on the Twitch channel when he puts it out. Anthony says, have you ever had five guys before? you damn right I have. It's overrated. I think five guys is overrated. I think it's Thank overpriced. You. Thank you. It's... I have a five guys right across the street from us at Arborland. Yes, you do. There. We've lived here. We've lived here four and a half years. I've never been there. I've been to five guys before. I've been the one over at. Damn! But I don't. People go nuts about their fries. No, they're, they're soggy, terrible. Soggy, oversalted shit. Dude, if you're gonna pay that money, go down the street to Shake Shack. It's way better. Agreed. Yeah. Or fucking yeah, go uh, to, uh, yeah, go to fucking Blimpies. Well, of course, locally in Ann Arbor, yes. But I was just thinking of expensive chains. Shake Shack, way better than Five Guys. Shake Shack's got the crinkle cut fries, but if you get them crispy, they're really good. And just, they got the portobello mushroom burger, which has no burger in it. I actually eat that thing. It's fucking delicious. It just, it's so much cleaner. Like, I feel like I'm, I mean, obviously it's not healthy, but I feel healthier <laughs> eating those Shake Shack burgers in Ann Arbor. <laughs> five Guys fries suck. Total Garbage. trash. Yeah, they are. They are just total garbo and i'm glad i mean even if you had a coors. ice cold cores or a either way it's not gonna make it any better you have to be shit-faced to enjoy was, it actually i was scavenging through the fridge the other day we were out of beer in the house and i just wanted to have like one beer and i found a 24 ounce coors in the back coors. of the fridge that was probably like a Dave Thompson classic from like three, four years ago. <laughs> and I drank it and god damn, it was it was solid. And I'm not wow. a Coors guy, but it was solid. It was a Coors light. Coors. Okay, well, hey. This right here is a silver bullet. All the way from Colorado. All the way from Colorado. Yummy. Okay, well, that's fun. I'm glad you enjoyed that, dearie. Oh, Leone Tavares is a beast. Where does this what, come this from? Three years ago. <laughs> Did he just do something in spring training? Is that why you're saying that, Uncle Ted? Uncle Ted, oh. I usually agree with some of your comments you've had here on the show lately, but I'm not sure I could agree with that one. Uncle Ted, you coming for Christmas this year? <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about over there? Uncle Ted, we got Chad, we got Uncle Ted, we got we got Bob Dole in the Discord. Make yeah, sure you join the Discord. For- <laughs> it's total bozo fest. Oh, it's Flawless a- victory. Make sure you join the Discord for free. The uh, Patreon's free for those who've already been involved. It's three bucks if you want to sign up and i'll tell you what patreon last year in season i crushed it it really was a valuable tool i did goal views guys like five days a week at least every day i posted about guys that kicked ass or maybe needed to be pointed out and recognized or that were shitty that you need to get away from it was definitely worth it so i think you should try it out and chad says deary's drinking a half decade old booze explains so so much yeah it does ted kaczynski was right oh what is this okay Uncle Ted talks. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Uncle Ted. I mean, <laughs> are you saying that because Deary's wearing a Michigan hoodie? Is that why? Ted Kaczynski did go to Michigan. so We got big game tonight. Got the yeah, a huge the showdown. If they Seven beat Illinois, PM. they're in. If they beat Illinois, they're in because it's a road game. 
Well, the thing is, they could finish second in the conference or ninth, depending on these last two games. Yeah, I know. It's like the it's like the West Conference in the NBA. It's just like a huge, yeah, huge margin for change, depending on day to day operations. All right, there it is. That's business time. Discord's free. Plotsville Podcast two L's two Z's. You should always be there with us. Utah. I'm so give me two. So upset about the audio, but we now have 11 minutes of quality audio, so I feel better about it now. <laughs> I guess, uh, shit, it's 40 minutes into the show. Let's get into leading off. <laughs> should this be called, should this be called rounding second? <laughs> oh yeah, we could call that. Yeah. Rounding second and heading for home. We could play uh, yeah, leading off. Yeah, Three or we could just be this. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. Yeah, it could be more like that. Yeah. Either way, it's time for the catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. So I want to talk about Alex Cobb's comments, which got a lot of publicity. Alex Cobb, not pleased with the pitch clock. The I-75 Jesus-esque size pitching clock, which we will be saying all year long now. Not for everybody. Alex said it didn't feel like pitching at all, and he, it's like he was betrayed by his own sport. It was really sad. I read the uh, the printed version of what he said, and reading it in print, I felt like, boy, Alex Cobb is depressed. What do you make of Alex Cobb's comments, and do you give a shit, or is it pointless just spring training fodder to get us through another day and opening day? Yeah, I read it today as well, and as a former mid-tier high school pitcher it was fucking depressing man like i i get it like i really do sympathize with him there are going to be those handful of pitchers and he's the first that came out and spoke about it where it messes up their routine he likes to call his own game and if he feels rushed and he can't think about what he wants to do for his next pitch he has to he talks about how he has to go through the analytics where we are in the count thinking about what pitch he wants to throw, where he wants to throw it, and he feels rushed, like, that's that really sucks. For a guy like Alex Cobb, who's been around for quite some time, been much better in his 30s than he was in his 20s, uh, and he feels completely just defeated by this clock because it seems like it's messing up his game and the way he calls a game. And there's going to be a lot of other pitchers out there, whether they come out and say it or not, that they're going to feel rushed. They're not going to be able to go through the routines. They're not going to be able to process through their brain what they want to do on the next pitch, you know, going through their, you know, he talked about how, you know, he was going through the, uh, you know, the, the buttons, the the little pitch thing that they have with the, the, the catcher. And he felt yeah. rushed by it because there was some miscommunication. It wasn't working. And then all of a sudden the clock is getting quicker and quicker and is getting towards the end of time. And he, he just felt rushed. And there's going to be a handful of pitchers that do this. Uh, they're going to get used to it. They're going to adapt. But, you know, for him to be the first one to come out, a guy who's a vet, uh, it's not going to be the first time that it's going to affect some guys. And, in terms of the fantasy aspect of this, I think you have to take credence into this and, and you have to, you know, start to think about those guys that are going to come out and talk about it a little bit that maybe it does devalue some of their, you know, ADP when it comes to, you know, fantasy play. So, uh, yeah, it, it really sucks for him. I, I feel bad for him. I think he will get used to it. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know the guy, but uh, <laughs> you don't know him. Oh my god! No, I don't know Alex Cobb, but there's going to be guys that 
probably come out and are frustrated by it. Uh, wow, dude. I, I, I feel like those guys that are maybe a little older, like Alex Cobb, a guy that's in his early to mid thirties, uh, this is such a big change for them. You think about the guys they've been doing this in the minor leagues here for a couple of years, those guys that have already gotten used to it in the minor leagues, it's going to be a pretty smooth transition for them. Those guys that have been in the majors for quite some time are and are certain guys. I think of a lot of relievers. Uh, Kenley Jansen's a guy that takes a long time to go through his process and, and pitch. So I'm really interested to see how it shakes out with him this year. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. Uh, how much credence do you take into it as you're you're drafting some of these guys? I think you might have to think about it a little bit, yeah. especially those guys that are coming out and talking about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into the strategy in a second here. Anthony says, the girl from the Manson family died, Uncle Ted. Thanks. <laughs> Computers are taking over, says Uncle Ted. This is dynamite information here in the live chat. Um, you have a genius formula set up for what it's worth. And Chad says he always gets distracted by shenanigans for 90% of the show. And then he has to cover the topic the following week so people have always have to keep tuning in to actually get the strategy. Is that you, is that our show? Is that what you're saying about us? It's all gibberish yeah. and the, we don't get We suck. <laughs> Anthony says, place bets, MJ. I need the White Castle. What does that mean? How come I'm not understanding what you guys are talking about over here? Okay. Oh, dearie, look at this. Oh, boy. I don't want to alarm anyone, but I just watched Salvador Perez steal a base in 2023. Oh. <laughs> five stolen bases out of Salvi this year? Wow, dude. Wow, I think dude. That might be one of the signs of the apocalypse, says Chad. I, well, maybe. Cobb is just mad because... It means we get to his annual injury a lot faster. <laughs> That's putting so excuses. Yeah. Hell, Cobb has been on enough rehab assignments that shouldn't bother him at all. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the thing. Cobb is just such an easygoing, slow, and patient guy. He doesn't like to be rushed. He likes to take his time, go on. He likes to take a lot of sabbaticals. His rehab assignments are slow and drawn out. And he's a guy who enjoys vacations and getting away from it all. Maybe he's not built. For the hustle and bustle that's become Major League Baseball now. It's like going to the big city. It's like the Big Apple in New York City now. Move, move, move. Go, go, go. He'll adjust. He'll figure it out. He was annoyed, but he said he'll figure it out. That's all. Just wanted to mention that because this pitch clock thing is not going away. And that leads into our strategy talk today. Strategy session number two, Utah. Give me two. Utah, give me two. Today we're going to talk about how do you make your fab decisions? Deary, how do you make fab decisions? What is the tenets of the foundation for making your choices? Fab leagues means waiver wire leagues. Even if you don't use a bidding system like fab, if you just have waivers, it's the same concept. How do you make choices? How do you spend money? Who do you target? Is it need-based only? Is it looking to the future later in the year? I mean, there's a lot of ways you can approach a waiver wire slash fab. Yeah, I, I think about my last two to three years playing on NFC, and it's completely different than any of my, you know, weekly head-to-head leagues where, you know, there's waiver wire and you're doing, you know, daily, you know, pickups. We're thinking about Sundays, and everybody talks about NFC Sundays is the time to make your fab picks. And, you know, when it when it comes down to it, I'm I'm looking at, Pitchers that are going to go twice in a week. That's probably the first number one thing that people are looking at. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, need-based for me. It's more of like, who are those guys that hit in the last week, week and a half? Um, 
you know, when it comes to starting pitchers, we talked about pitchers. Hey, turn that light back on. <laughs> oh, oh, it's God. nighttime, dearie. It's a Blair Witch Project dearie now available. Oh, did she do this on purpose? Yeah. Just did that. Turn it's, that light back on. We can see you, though. You just, it's yeah. kind of uh, intimate. It's intimate. Um, yeah, so you're looking at those <laughs> uh, pitchers that are going to go to the league. That's going to pretty much be the guys that people are going to be going after the most. Uh, how much do you spend on a guy? You know, we, we noticed it last year. A guy like Stephen Kwan went for anywhere from 100 to $250 of a $1,000 fab, you know, for the season last year. And, you know, you got to figure out how to spend on a guy. You know, we when we were doing those fab shows and talking about, you know, recap of what happened in the last week and name that fab bid, it was amazing to see, like, I put out a $120 fab bid and the set, and the runner-up was, like, 25 And that's really frustrating. It, it takes some time to get used to, how much you should spend on a guy? Are you overpaying? Uh, and, and when you talk about spending on a guy, are you going for the long term or are you going for the short term? Uh, mm. When it look when I look at my fab decisions, uh, injury of players or players that are possibly in jeopardy of losing their jobs. So that's a possibility as well. Generally, when you're thinking about guys that are losing their job, you think about guys that are, you know, we're a couple months into the season and they're not performing at all. And you may look at a guy who's playing second or third base who's starting to crush the ball in, in double A or triple A. And, you know, where's that team playing in terms of, uh, you know, are, are they a team that's probably selling and getting rid of a guy and want to pull somebody up? Uh, what I've also noticed is hitters are going to be more available than pitchers when it comes to to fab decisions. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, this depends on your league. If you're in a, a a league where there's not as many draft picks early season compared to something that's going to be, you know, 50 picks or whatever, you know, there's I think hitters are it. a little more available. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, who is money lucky enough to get together in the first place? Yeah, you and, just never. And know. I think the the last point I'm going to make is. You know, you talk about pitchers that are coming up. Very few pitchers come up in their first start and are going to go seven innings. You're going to see maybe four, possibly five innings from a guy. So if it's going to be a spot start of a guy coming up, like, do you really want to take the risk for a guy that's going to come up and maybe pitch four innings? And it could take one bad inning where maybe he walks a couple guys and then a home run, and then it completely destroys his ERA. Or is it going to be a guy who's going to be there for the long term when he comes up? Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad. Or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three, two, one. Yeah, you got to think about cash, cold hard cash. What's your budget and how much of it are you willing to spend? Look at your statistical expectations. This is another part of strategy talk is... If you play a roto, for example, you really should be locked in on standing points gain or standings gains points. I always mix it up because it's kind of a dyslexic thing for me, but it's really crucial in fantasy baseball 
that you have a ballpark idea of the targets you need to hit in your categories. And that's for Roto specifically. I think, I think with category leagues with head to head, you trying to win a number of categories per week, but the numbers you need for that can vary so greatly that it could be really difficult to make a target. I think Roto is a lot clearer in terms of the targeted number of home runs. So I need a, you know, do I need 145 home runs? Do I need 115 steals to finish top four or higher? Those things can be quantified, organized, and laid out. And when you're looking at fab values, what percentage of your fab budget is worth the percentage of those standings and the points you need? That's what you need to take a look at. Now, if I'm going to spend $250 on Stephen Kwan, am I expecting to get 18 stolen bases? You need to put numbers on it. I think so many of us, I know this is true because I've done it a billion times in my life. I'll spend a bunch of money on a guy in fab, but I'm not really laying out the literal amount of statistical output I expect to get from that player. That's a huge thing that we need to talk about more and we need to reform. If I'm spending $150, am I expecting to get 13 home runs at, I don't know, June 18th? Is it a June 18th fab? Is it a August 4th fab? Is it a... May 1st, Fab. These are all things you need to consider. What week is it? How much time is left? How much output am I going to get for every category that I expect to get from that player as well? You got to think about this stuff. Just don't pick up a guy because you know he has value. What does that mean? That's too vague. Yeah, if you want to win money, you got to be more specific and detail-oriented. I really believe that. It's like the new girlfriend theory. Like you get a new girlfriend and she's the hot stuff for like a week. But like, are you are you thinking what's going to happen during the summer? You get a big summer coming up. You're 18, 19 years old. You want to spend it. it with your boys, but you got a new girlfriend. Is she going to stick on that roster for a while? I don't know. Wait, wait, can you clarify this one now? So it's like a new girlfriend. You're not sure if she's going to be around for the long haul. Is it like a summer fling? Yeah, like you get excited because like all your buddies went home from college for the for the summer and it's like, oh, I met this girl. Yeah, she's going to be great. Yeah, like, like the trash man when, goes home for the summer. When, I'm the trash what man. happens when two of my buddies come home and <laughs> now she's kicked to the curb? Think about it that way when you're making your fab picks. Like, <laughs> is that fab player going to stick around all summer or is this just like a hot cup of coffee for two weeks? <laughs> okay. Ho, ho, slow down there, speed racer. All right, look, I, I think they're... I'm going to lay this out more in detail, but I wanted to cover the overall basics of it. Consider the amount of money you're spending. And if you're also targeting a guy in waiver wire, what your waiver wire position is and who you could realistically add. Because if you have daily waiver wires that run every two days or maybe run every 48 hours, 24 hours, you have to decide in head-to-head cats leagues, is this going to help me this week? Because then you can think in micro terms. There's so many different ways and so many different types of leagues. It's important that context is everything. It's everything. I want to win on Sunday at the end of a week. If I want to win my head-to-head cats league, you know, six to four, it's a 10-cat week. I need to win at least six to four. Will picking up a guy on a Wednesday who only has one more start as a starting pitcher, is that going to help me get over the top in the whip and the ERA, or is it K-9? What your categories are and what your specific needs are in a micro environment, those things matter. This is all typical stuff. It really is. Yeah, and I I think in head-to-head leagues, it's almost like 
you you almost need to have two or three spots on your roster where you have the ability to drop a couple guys and you can interchange people, especially in head-to-head leagues where streaming is so huge, especially with starting pitchers when you get towards the weekend, that maybe you have to have those spots. And it, and it depends how many you know roster spots you have on your team. But let's say you, you have 25 to 27 roster spots. And a lot of my head-to-head leagues – I'm actually, it's really helpful to me if I have two or three guys that are expendable that maybe I could pick back up later on because you need to stream some pitchers. And that's the big difference with head-to-head is weekend streaming is absolutely huge when you're trying to pick up one to two categories. The illusion has become real. And the more real it becomes, the more desperate they want it. Oh, gecko. So true. Gordon, hey, if you want to win your fantasy baseball league, just listen to Gordon Gecko. Learn from the master, Gecko the Great. Okay, so that's some fab talk there. Again, dissect your budget. How much do you want to have available to big money expenditures? What is your average? Look at your previous seasons. If you've never played before, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But you can ask others like us. If you've never played fantasy baseball before, we want our show to be for everybody. I and mean, we got hardcore players. We want newcomers to come in here. Be a part of things. You're a newcomer. Feel welcome here. Connect with us. Follow us on Twitter. Join the Discord. Utah. Two L's. Give me two. Two Z's. That's how you spell Palazzo. It's very easy. You can join the Discord and the Twitter feed and ask us questions. Or ask us on the personal Twitter. CDeary1999 or MJ Govier, as you please. But remember, look at your weekly expenditure. You don't have to spend every week, but odds are you could average it out too. Like, okay, I got a thousand dollar fab budget for a season. I've got twenty seven weeks, and am I going to spend, you know, twenty bucks a week on average? There's going to be big pops for guys. Like I remember two years ago in my main event, my first main event, Tyler O'Neill was available, and I lost the bid. The winning bid was like two hundred eighty dollars for him. I spent a lot less, and this was early in the season, so I felt more nervous about spending big money because it was may it was like it was late april or early may at the absolute latest and i was paranoid like oh boy i don't know if i could spend this much money right now that's putting in mind but if tyler o'neill which he ended up having a excellent this was the 2021 season when he was really really good yeah that's that was worth it it was worth spending that money because of the return on the investment. You've heard ROI a million times. You know what return on investment means. But in 2021, the guy had 34 home runs. That's a 144 WRC plus, by the way, in 2021. That's incredible. Wow, Tyler O'Neill. That mind-blowing. So it was worth to spend $281 for that. That basically, I think he only hit like three or four home runs before that. So a guy got $250, 30 home runs, about 80 runs scored, and 12 steals. I think that's yeah. I mean, Fab creates so much of a different style of how you need to play, and it's just an extra wrinkle to being a fantasy baseball player. I mean, for years I was in this head-to-head league where it was basically just like football. It was waiver priority, and I pushed our commissioner. I'm like, this is just not fun. Where it's just like, okay, I have the eighth (laughs) waiver priority on a guy. This is just not fun. Let's make. Let's 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 lighten let's spice up the pot a little more and make it a fab where everybody's an opportunity to get a guy. So if you're an early fantasy player and you're just starting off now, get into a league that has fab because it 
it creates an extra wrinkle, but it also creates the opportunity for everybody in the league to snag a player. Booyah! It's a bonus element that provides more strategy, too. Well, waiver wires are so antiquated. Okay, it's my Stop. turn. That's it. That's it? No, we want. I want strategy at every corner of my fantasy baseball map. I want to have an opportunity to use my mind to take advantage of others, not just from random chance either. And, you know, fab can be random chance, but it's skill-based. It really is. I mean, ask Vlad Sedler, the master himself, the yep. roto-gut extraordinaire. He knows a lot about fab, and he's not just a guy who's randomly doing things. Shout-out to Vlad, who's my homie. And I'll be seeing in Vegas soon, by the way. Uh, our tickets are booked for Vegas. We're ready to rock. Me and Leanne are flying out to Vegas for the main event draft. March 23rd, we're going to be staying with, we're going to be bunking up with Justin Mason. He's going to be our uh, our bunk mate. Me and Le we're doing it again. Me and Leanne stayed with my mom in a hotel room last summer. Did not go great, <laughs> I got to say. Uh, it was too cold for my mom. She really freaked out. She thought her legs were going to fall off because of the air conditioning. <laughs> but it was fall off. It was, it was weird, man. It was... Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but uh, she was freaking out. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, that is putting it mildly. Okay. But this is going to go much better. Justin Mason is a great bunkmate. I feel confident in that. Jaybird's in the house. What's up, Jaybird? Jay says, fab over waiver order, just like auction over snake draft. Yes. Wow, that is a dude. great point. I completely, I should be, I shouldn't be doing snakes anymore, but I'm, I'm still a part of it. I understand that auctions provide more of a strategy element. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the auction draft in a couple weeks for Tout Wars. I'm really excited about it, and I can't wait to see how it goes. In in-person yeah. auction too, where they're it's going to be wild, man. I can't wait to get that going. It's going to be fun. All I right. think that's the way to way to go if you're going to do an auction. It's got to be in person. You need that banter back and forth. I saw him do it at First Pitch Arizona for the first time in person a couple years ago. Jeff Erickson was there from Rotowire, and he was going, eh, 20, all right, uh, Marcelo Zuna, $4, $6, $8.10. Yeah, it was awesome. He really nailed it. And I want to do that. If somebody wants an auctioneer for their auction live draft, I am now offering my talents and skills to be your auctioneer for your draft. That goes for football, too. I'll do it all. You're the guy. Next up. Number 20. No, okay. I was trying to do my Jack Buck from Sports Talk Baseball. Next up, the designated hitter. All right. Uh, how do you construct a team in head-to-head, -head, Deary? Well, first off, if it's head-to-head -head cats, that's different than head-to-head -head points, right? Yes. Yeah, head-to-head -head points, you're looking volume more than anything. And pitchers have a lot more of a say because innings pitch are usually a big bonus in points league. So for me in head to head cats, which is my home league, shout out to the BYB bless you boys. I've been in that league now for gosh, I think almost nine years. I can't believe it. It's been that long. I've won it three times. Should have won my fourth title last year, but Travis screwed me, but Travis is a nice guy. It's hard to be mad at him. He's really good at spreadsheets and shit. So good job, Travis. But I don't value starting pitching in that league at all. We have keepers in it too. We rotate I do like this angle of our league. We rotate from six keepers, and then the next year we'll do eight, and then the following year we'll do ten, and then we'll go back down again the following year, back to eight, and then the following year back to six. It's cool. It it it's allows fun. yeah, it allows you like you build up and you're like, oh no, it's constant strategy you have to think about, and it yeah. keeps the player pool always kind of moving and shifting, makes one draft more valuable than another, depending on the year. And that part of it's cool, but we don't have fab in that league. We're still doing goddamn waiver wires, which is ridiculous. But I don't value starting pitching in the head-to-head -head cats leagues, and I never will, especially in keeper leagues, because I feel like if I can lock down the hitting, Deary, 
I can stream pitchers yeah. too. This is the other thing with head to head leagues. You can stream pitchers that I think can really be a benefit. Yeah. I mean, I, we started as head to head players and I'm actually getting yes. to a point where I enjoy Roto more. I, I, I think I'm becoming a, a more successful player in Roto keeper and dynasty compared to redraft head to head. What I do enjoy about head to head is the trading aspect, the pickups. Um, You really have to, you know, I, I play in a 12 team head to head. I play in a 14 team head to head. And I also play in a six team head to head, 16 team head to head. And what really has started to bother me over the last couple of years, especially now that we've been doing slow drafts a lot with the NFC and the Plaza podcast, please sign up. League six is rocking right now. If we can get that filled out is I enjoy a slow clock more than anything for years. I have been playing in these head to head leagues where it's a minute and a half to two minutes. And it's like, why are we trying to rush through a draft? It's really Do frustrating it. to me. Yeah. Um, like, oh, yeah, it's so annoying. I bitched I, about it last week's episode, remember? Like, it sucks. Like, give me some time. Like, and the thing is, is like, you and I do a podcast. So we put in the work, you know, we do a lot of our evaluations. I do a lot of projections on my own. And I know there's probably in my home leagues, there's probably at least half the league that do zero research going in. And all of a sudden you're doing a minute and a half clock and you got to make a pick and it's based on your ADP basically. Like what is wrong with a slow clock? A slow clock is fucking amazing. No, I can't take the time off work. I agree. So, but there's also some advantages that make head to head really fun. I mean, you can have that banter back and forth with who you're playing. Um, you know, you have the strategy when you get to the end of a week where, okay, I've hit my innings, innings limit. I I've gone over the innings so I can, I can sit certain pitchers. I can make pickups if I'm trying to, you know, pick up a category here or there, if I'm trying to pick up saves or, you know, uh, wins or strikeouts, uh, you know, and in head to head high leverage relief guys have been the, you know, the bee's knees over the last couple of years, I have done really well in head to head leagues by having high leverage relief guys that could be save plus holds, which I play in a couple save plus holds leagues, but guys that are giving me really, really good ratios. I've stayed away from the hype train in a lot of my head to head leagues. Cause most head to head leagues, at least that I play in are not 30 rounds, not 35 rounds, not 50 rounds like the Palazzo pod where it's 23 rounds. I'm going to stay away from those guys that are hype train guys. And I'm going to try to pick them up maybe later on when I feel they're going to be getting uh, pulled up. But the one thing that's really pushed me away from head to head is, so I was looking back at my home league, uh, you know, a bunch of my high school buddies, we've been doing this almost 20 years now, 16 teams and a head to head. I finished in 14th place last year. I crunched some numbers. Oh, wow. If this was a if this was a roto league, I would have finished in seventh place if it was a roto league. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got too much roto on the brain. I yeah, and that's what's happened over the last three years. But the reason I finished in you know way down in the league standings is because I had league weeks where I just got completely blown out. And that's like really, really frustrating. There's going to be weeks that you can't control where you have a pitcher that gets blown up a reliever that comes in and, you know, doesn't get that save, gives up 
couple home runs. You have a guy that goes 0 for 24 for the week. You're not hitting home runs. And how can you control not get getting blown out in a week? You could have one of the best rosters in the league, but you know how baseball works. It's, it's peaks and valleys. There's going to be times where guys go dormant for a week, and it's really hard with head-to-head. So I'm actually moving away from head-to-head, getting more excited about Roto, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be done with head-to-head because it does add that element of being able to talk a little bit of shit with your friends and that strategy of being able to make pickups left and right, uh, you know, especially in pitching to fix some things. Yeah, Bubba says head-to-head is frustrating. Roto is the way to go. Cumulative stats. I remember I had a phase about, I think it was eight years ago, I started getting so pissed. and Head-to-head's so dumb. It's so much random luck. I can't yeah. stand it anymore. If this was a Roto League, I'd be number one. Look at my stats. Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, you hear the bell. And you get excited. And you think, I'm going to win this league. But you're going in with the frame of mind that isn't proper for that league setup. If you're head-to-head, you got to think head-to-head. You really do have to have like a template in your mind for each league. And it's not something that you can easily deviate from, dear. I don't believe you can because I've lived it myself. I've actively had to just separate between 12 and 15 team leagues in Roto. That alone is a challenge because there's certain players you have to cross off a list in a 12-team league of Roto versus a 15-team league of Roto. If you don't do that, then you're going to be drafting guys that are oh, he's a 15-team stud, but in a 12-team league, he doesn't belong on your roster. These are the little things you have to be prepared to change and adjust to. I, I, I will say the excitement of watching baseball when you are in a head-to-head and you're trying to accumulate stats for the week is very, very exciting. So so that's my defensive head-to-head. So, you know, for a fantasy player like myself, I play points leagues, I play head-to-head, I play Roto. Yeah. Roto for when it comes to draft, the draft is far more important for a Roto where you have fab in head to head. I feel like I can mix my team up and make some improvements over the season with trades, with pickups, you know, especially when you have pickups daily, Yep. I, I feel like I can pick up some ground here or there, but when you have a really good week, but you, you bet three thirty, but you're, opponent bets 345 and you're losing that category is very very frustrating <laughs> jaybird says you just described fantasy baseball score the second most points in a week and lose your matchup <laughs> Lock that in. oh yeah well the head-to-head is all football is there's no roto football although there's also well i'll hold off on that but i was thinking about how it's becoming more commonplace for head-to-head matchups to play everybody this is the it's new way ball. now best ball football is the way to go now well, but even in head-to-head baseball, you play everybody in the week. I'm in a points dynasty league that I do with Phil Goyette, who's a former member of the show on the Prospects Power Half Hour. Shout out, Phil, my Irish brother from Flint. And we play everybody every week. You match oh, up yeah. against everybody, and it all adds up. You just have bigger numbers in your standings for wins and losses. That's all that's changing, but it's also more fair. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Because it has it has the element of roto and head to head at the same time. Big, big truth. Jaybird says head to head, you can punt cats. That's true. You yep. could but you could punt. Yeah. You know, people try to punt saves in roto, and not in overall. Overall meaning there's multiple leagues within an umbrella of a bigger tournament, if you will. But in an individual league, you could punt some cats, I think, and still pull it off. It depends. Not easy to do. 
Bubba said, if you had Boba Shett in the head-to-head last year, you were screwed. Roto, not so much. Now, I'm going to disagree with this because if you recall, late last year during the head-to-head playoffs, the one and only Boba Shett hit three dongs in one game. Do you remember this late in the year? It happened. And that's, that was huge, short as a week. Yeah, for a playoff matchup in head-to-head, that was money. Now, you might not have got that far because Boba Shett let you down in head-to-head during the season. But if you made it, if you somehow traded, that's another thing. Trades are huge. Head-to-head trades mean anything. They mean everything to me. Making deals at the deadline and improving your roster for the stretch run to look at the schedule. I'm telling you, in head-to-head, you got to look at the playoff schedule. You got to always be locked in on that. Even if it's points or cats, Deary, making decisions about what are the best playoff matchups, which teams are shit, which teams are mailing it in, which teams can be feasted upon for pitching or hitting. Look ahead to that schedule and be ready to make the moves before everybody else catches up to it. If you could be one week ahead of everybody else, that could be a huge advantage in head-to-head. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm. it's going to get to a point where this season where I'm going to have to look at what happens down the stretch because in years past, a lot of interdivisional play is happening to try to figure out the divisional winner, but obviously the schedule has changed this year. You're playing everybody in the league, so that's something that I'm going to have to take a point to when I'm looking at, you know, the the, the playoffs because – I imagine it's going to be a little different when you get down the stretch. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to be taken advantage of, and that can happen to a lot of us in head-to-head. He used you, G. Uh, Chad says, this hit me hard, though. I got buried to end my run last year because of Matt Olson going over for 149. Yeah. <laughs> over 149. Wow, dude. To end the year. Holy shit. Lock that in. That is a nightmare from hell. I didn't know it was that bad. It's probably why in Glarf I was in first place going into last month and everything fell apart because Olsen was my third-round pick and everything fell apart last year at the end for him. (laughs) Shit. God, that's brutal. That is brutal. Uh, I want to get to at least one more thing here before we go. Uh, Which one one of these? We can pick one of these that we didn't get to and we can save it for next time, Deary. Do you want to do one of these? Yeah, I want to talk about how to prioritize cats with equal value. Ah, okay. Go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> okay. So I was, I was doing some, uh, you know, some digging last night and this is what I do every single year. Um, so I look at cats that might be easier to get late versus what we call scarcity stats. And by the so way, this I, is all the categories in a head to head league, right? We're saying, or yeah, we're saying, so I'm, uh, yeah. So I, well, no, or for I'm Roto too, at, right? Cause it's all weighted well, this, equally one, one, one. This is, this is mainly Roto. So I'm looking at home runs, runs, RBIs. They're all weighted bases. as one. In, in average, you know, it could be different if you're playing head to head. There could be, you know, and I'm talking about hitting particularly, and we're not talking about OBP. That's so I, I was doing. Thing. I was doing a little diving last night, and this is what I've been doing for the last couple of years. Is I look at the ideal player that I want to have. So, how can you, you know, people talk about when you draft that in the first couple of rounds, there's going to be a handful of five cat guys, right? So I think about. You know, I want an ideal player when I get towards round seven and beyond. So in my mind, an ideal player who could be a five cat contributor, I think of this as the top 60 in every single one of these categories. So last year, home runs, 21 guys had 30 plus home runs, but 60 had 20 plus, right? In runs, 24 guys had 90 plus runs, but 44 had 80. 
Mm-hmm. RBIs, 22 guys had 90 plus, but 39 had 80 plus. Okay. Stolen bases, 20 had 20 plus, 45 had 10 plus. In average, 11 guys had a 300 average or more, and 43 guys had a 270 plus or more. So I equated that out into looking for an ideal player I could draft, and I'm thinking round six, seven, eight, and beyond. So I'm looking at a guy who could give me five possible five cat, you know, five cat, uh, you know, helping me out, five cat, you know, guy. Looking yeah. for an ideal player, so 20-plus home runs, 73 runs, 71 RBI, seven stolen bases, and a 261 average. So that would kind of be the median of a five-cat guy, right? How close can I get in each of those categories? Can I find some players that might overperform in a few of those cats but don't hurt me too much in the others? Players who did it in 2022 – there's 14 players who had all five of those categories that 20 plus home runs, 73 RBIs, 70 runs, seven stolen bases and the 261 average. There's only 14 guys that did it last year. But when I'm looking at round six, seven, eight and beyond, how many of those guys can get at least close to that? And I ended up landing on one guy that I got in round eight of the Plaza podcast. I, Got him also in TGFBI. Gliber Torres is a guy that gets close to something like that. So mm. if I look at his stats Call from last year, 24 home runs. So that gets above that 20 home runs, 74 runs. That gets one above that 73 run threshold, mm-hmm. 80 RBI. So that's nine above the 71 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, and a 257 average. And then I look at what the ceiling could be. So this is why I, I, I encourage people to make their own projections. It's helpful to look at other projections and then dig deeper into this. So what could the ceiling for a guy like Gliber Torres be? It could be 30 home runs, 85 runs, 90 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, and a 265 average. In my mind, that's a five-cat guy in round eight. Now, there's going to be the guys in the, you know, first round, second round, third round that will exceed that. And they're going to be more of a plus player. So when you start to prioritize cats with equal value, how can you find a guy that's going to be later in the draft that it's going to give you three cats, four cats, possibly five cats. This is the one thing that really killed me in Glarf last year is I drafted way too many guys that were two to three cat guys. I look at guys like rock, so Rafael Devers was my first pick at the number 15 slot in Glarf last year. He was a four cat guy. Ooh. Yeah. Right? My third round pick was Matt Olson. He was only three cats. Judge was my fourth round pick. So that was completely different. And I got murdered by injury later on, but there are guys that they're maybe not considered five cat guys. Cause most of those guys are first round, second round. But there yeah, are the some best of the values. Best. Yeah, there are some values later in the draft that, especially with the new rules this year, that could be more five cat contributors. And I think Gliber Torres is that one guy that I'm thinking about that maybe he's not giving you that ceiling of other second basemen or shortstops. You know, I'm thinking of Fernando Tatis. But he could really come close to something like that. And this this is what I prioritize when it comes to 
cats that have equal value and I'm looking at certain scarcity stats, can I get close to those performance stats that I'm talking about of the 20, 73, 71, 7, and 261 as I get further in the draft? And as I'm starting to notice, especially in TGFBI and the Plaza podcast draft that I'm going through, is I'm finding guys in the late 100s that are actually getting close to these categories and someone who's only been a roto player for the last three, four years, this is helping me build a much better team as I move forward. Up your butt, Joe Boo. Well, how about that shit? That's some good stuff, Deary. As Bubba said, Deary Linux. I love it. Deary Linux. I love that. Uh, I got to say, I think that makes a lot of sense. There's always the tendency to want to. You know, shoot for the stars. A lot of our picks, we, what we think will happen. We all want to be the smartest person in the room. And if you don't have a sheet or uh, something on your screen in front of you that lays out exactly what you're trying to accomplish, I think you're going to be in real trouble. Deary, that makes a ton of sense. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Remember that. These are weighted categories. They're all equal. No category is more powerful than the other, but some are harder to fill than the others. That is a tenet of fantasy baseball. That's why I believe that this year stolen bases will be much more fruitful. So you don't have to reach as much on stolen base, guys. That's my opinion. And again, I can't prove that. That's just my expectation on where baseball is going over the last couple of years, trying to create more in-action moments. And steals are part of that. Uh, well, I brought up, real- I, you know, I... I brought up Gliber Torres, and last year he had 11 steals, but he had the best sprint speed of his career last year. So I think 15 to 17 is much more doable this year, and that makes him a pretty decent value. Yeah, and that's the thing about spring training is you th- you really can't glean what they're doing with strategy, like a manager's strategy, because there's just too many guys coming in and out of a lineup, and they're bozo spring training games. They just don't have that same certainty of strategy and expectation for in-season games wow, that you'll dude. see in the regular season. It's important to don't get too caught up with, oh, wow, the, you know, like we said earlier in the show, someone mentioned Salvador Perez stole a base. The world is ending. Yeah, that might happen some more, but we can't assume that Mike Quattro's, the manager of the Royals, that his goal will to have more frequency of steal opportunities for Salvador Perez. We just don't know that. Uh, Anthony wants to really out of randomly, which we love random shit on the show. As you can tell, we have all kinds of buttons here that are random. My AL infield, Danny Jansen, Christian Betancourt, Nate Lowe, Gliber Torres, as Deary just mentioned, Bobby Witt, and Corey Seager. That's a great infield, buddy. Are you gloating? Is that what you're doing, my friend? Because it looks good. Yes, I love it. Anthony also says spring training is noise. It is noise, but sometimes a guy comes up and really produces, and then he goes on to have a good season. It does happen. But don't get caught up in it. Anthony also says horrible players hit home runs. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a lot of shit pitchers who are not going to make the big league club serving up bombs. And this reminds me of earlier in the show, Deary. Somebody mentioned, hey, the Tigers look for real, man. Uh, Anthony Lipschitz or Andre Lipschitz and Tyler Nevin are hitting bombs. They're looking for real. But who are those home runs off of? Who served them up? Who are they going against? Who was on the mound? It's a 65 win team. Come on, man. Oh, I actually think they'll win more than that. I really do. <laughs> oh, really? No, oh. you're right. It, does, it doesn't make sense. See, this is where laying out the season with all the other teams in the division, you think the White Sox are going to be way better, so that's more wins for the White Sox. The Twins yes. should be better, more wins for the Twins. The Indi- uh, the Guardians will still be just as good as they were. 
And then that leaves the Royals and Tigers to left to fight for the leftovers, the remains. You're right. I think it's right. a really difficult division, and I think the Royals are on a way better track than the Tigers when it comes to prospects. Uh, in terms of their talent, the way it looks right now, I would agree with that, but it's also more from a fantasy perspective. I think in real life, the Tigers and Royals are not that far apart for real-life baseball. Okay. I think Hinch is a good manager. I do think A.J. Hinch is still a solid manager. I mentioned I that in my Groove with Govier article. Did you hear about this, how A.J. Hinch flew down to Puerto Rico and spent a week with Javi Baez in the offseason? Have you ever heard of anything like this in your life? No, wow, never. I, I think it's amazing. And, you know, I love the hire when they brought in Hinch. I just wish it wish it happened right after Leland left because I think <laughs> he would have gotten a lot more out of that team than the team he's got now. And it's like A.J. Hinch is a really good manager, but I, I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep him around before he gets scooped up by somebody else that has more talent. That's fair. That's completely fair. And so – Really considering what Deary said there. You can go back and you can replay this and you can listen to it in audio form. Really like what you were saying there about what we're looking for in certain parts of the draft when it comes to these categories that are evenly weighted. When you play in points leagues that don't have evenly weighted categories, that's completely different. And again, the context of your league is everything. We're trying to talk strategy. This is what it is. It's a strategy session. We're breaking it down. And even though my audio sucked for the first half hour, we've had a nice hour of clean audio. And the only... Regret I'll have is that if people won't be able to get through the first half hour, they won't hear or see this. And I really hope you do because Deary really made the effort there. And I'm telling you, when we're doing stuff like that, we can combine a little bit of hilarity and the legitimate information. As Anthony says right here, I love it when they call you Big Papa. That's right, buddy. I love you too, <laughs> Anthony. So that's going to do it for now. We're going to hold it there. We'll do another strategy session because we still have a few more topics that we haven't covered, right? And I would like to finish those. We'll do one more strategy session before opening day, I think. But, I mean, player analysis is... We're, we're going to do some more player analysis. I did want to play Shiner Rath. Do we have time to play Shiner Rath the Pine? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, let's do a quick... Yeah, let's, uh, let's do a quick round. Yeah. We love yeah, Shiner Rath the Pine. Long. We got to yeah. do it every episode. Well, Up your butt, Joe Boo. That's Joe not very Boo. nice. Come on, don't say that. That's rude. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> so my dad, uh, my dad made some music for the pod because you know we need like rights-free music to play under it. I was like, "Hey, Dad, <laughs> can you make some like jingles or shit that uh, we could just play under this while we do this?" So, uh, so he fired up this one. I don't know if I liked it, but I don't know if he loves it. Check this one out. Okay, there it is. Yeah, so he made that one. I was looking for something like, hey, I need something like upbeat. Can you do like something that's like rocking, but that's like upbeat? And that one got a little bit more funky, you know? Like, so he also yes. came up with this one, too. <laughs> I 
sounds like scorpions. <laughs> it's, uh, I like the first one. The first one's a little uh, more groovy. This is what you do when you tell your dad to like do something, yeah. but you don't provide any guidance. I mean, what am I? It's my fault. It's totally. I need to be more specific with it. But, anyways, thanks, Dad. That was fun stuff. I appreciate that. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> Shine or Ride the Pine is a game we play. We take a look at the upcoming season that is about to come, and we tell you whether we shine it or we ride the pine on the projections that we're looking at. And today's projections, uh, whose projections should we use today, dearie? I, I'm not sure which one you want to go with. We've used Stomper, and we've used ATC last week, I believe. Where do you want to go this week? Did we use ATC last week? We did. Remember around fan graphs. Did we really? You were here, yes. You can check the old episode. I swear it happened. It's a real thing. Really? Wow, dude. All right. You want to go back? To, let's go back? Let's go back to Stomper because we love Steve Paulo. He's the man. He's our guy. He's our guy. Steve Paulo, StomperProjections.com for 2023 are live and available. We're big fans of his work because he takes risks with his projections. He's not just trying to give you, like, the floors. Aggregate. Yeah, yeah, aggregates or floors of everybody. It's more than that, so... We're always going to ride or die or stomper, as you see right here. Stomperprojections.com is where you can find it. Let's see. I'm, we're going to start doing repeats. I know it because I'm not keeping track of the guys we've been doing. <laughs> Somebody needs to be keeping track of the guys we've already done. So, oh, how about this? This is a guy I think we because sh- I'm really confused about what to do. Michael Harris had a rookie of the oh, year. Yeah. He won rookie of the year last year in the National League. He's the current reigning rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Steve Paulo says, hey, He's going to steal 35 bases this year. Shine or ride the pine, 35 steals for Michael Harris of the Braves. It's so hard to quantify stolen bases with the new rules, but I'm nowhere close to 35. I have him in my projection at 22, so I'm going to ride the pine on this. Man. That's a lot of stolen bases. How many guys did that last year? I mean, last year's different, though. Uh, clearly, Steve is baking in that there's going to be more steals this year because of the rule changes. So, with that said, I mean, he's got Ronald. He's got Ronald Acuna at 35 too. Oddly enough, a teammate. That's weird. Uh, I trust that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride the pine on Harris just because I don't think he's can live up to his rookie year. I'm, I'm expecting a slight step back. Just because the game of baseball is really hard, and you just can't be that good, in my opinion. What Julio Rodriguez did last year was, like, all-time insane. It, I think Ben Chase, my fellow on the Prospect Show, and who is always in the Discord killing it. Plots of Discord, two L's, two Z's. Utah, Get in give there. me two. He said that Julio Rodriguez season's only been done three times in, like, the last 40 years or something. It was very rare. It's not something that happens every year. So I'm going to ride the pine on Michael Harris at 35 steals. You know how many guys had 35 steals last year? Uh, let me think real quick. Uh, um, three. One. One. Can you name Can you name him? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's John Birdie. No, Jorge Mateo. John Birdie went over 35, didn't he? Did he really? Am I crazy? Did he not have 41 steals last year? Am I stoned? Oh, no, here's, here's the problem. I'm looking at qualified. I got to look at unqualified hitters. Oh, John Birdie did have 41 steals last year. So, my fault. My fault. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, Quali- qualified matters, but 
Okay, so two guys. Yeah, two guys. Because John Birdie was not qualified. That's why. So every time I look up Fangraphs, I have to go to unqualified because there's, a, oh, there's yes. anomalies like John Birdie. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, you John do that. Birdie had 41. Jorge Mateo had 35. Right after that was Cedric Mullins with 34. Okay. So are you, you rode the pine too? We're both riding the pine. I'm Michael Harris. Yeah, I'm riding the pine. It's, okay. it's probably 22. All right. Well, let's go. Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez. This is fun because we did this earlier. Zero steals this year. Shine to ride the pine <laughs> on zero steals for Salvador Perez in 2023. <laughs> I mean, are we going to risk trying to run him? Um, he's been in the league since the 11 He's 32 years, years old. And he has five stolen bases in his career. I'm going to say he gets zero this year. Oh, he's getting one. I'm telling you, it's gonna. there's going to be a one. bozo night. There's going to be some weird, because yeah. it's just going to be so e e much easier to steal. I'm saying one for Salvador Perez. I'm going to lock It's going to like in. mean something. It's going to be game dependent. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. I won't deny that. Right. I won't deny it. Uh, oh, here's a guy that really had a nice year. Steven Kwan. Stephen Kwan is expected to hit 320 this year. Shine around the pine on Stephen Kwan hitting 320. <laughs> I, love, I love I love Paulo's fucking projections because they they're the projections that I would love to make. Yes, 320. He hit 298 <sighs> last year. That's pretty good. 11 guys hit over 300 last year. Um, no shift. No shift. More action. High. Yeah. Man, 320 is really high. He did this in the minor leagues a couple times. Double mm -hmm. A, he bad 337 back in 21. Backed it with a 311 in triple A. I, I, I think he gets pretty close to 300, if not over 300, but I'm going to ride the pine on 320. That's a lot. I'm going to shine it. I think he can win a batting title yeah. and hit 330. I really, I really do think he can hit 330 and win a batting title this year. Why not? What the yeah. hell? Shit, that's an amazing fantasy value where you're getting at him at, at ADP in terms of trying to build some average late in your draft. Damn right. You're damn right about that. Let's go to the always injured George Springer. Like, you just never know. Projections are always difficult with Mr. Springer because, although oddly enough, he did, he was around a fair amount last year, but he's always going to get hurt. Steve Paulo, 31 bombs for George Springer in 2023. Remember, we've got Park adjustments at the Rogers Center in Toronto. Moved him in, right? Yeah. 31 home runs. Shine and ride the pine for George Springer. He's only done this twice in his career, and both times were in Houston. Playing time has been an issue. He hasn't gone above 140 games in six years now. What's the number again? I always forget. When you 31 home runs for George Springer. You know what? I'm banking on him playing 140 games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shine this. I, wow. I genuinely do not shine something like this. I'm wow, dude! I'm a George Spring, Springer believer this year. I love the Blue Jays to win the AL East. I think they're going to be contending for a World Series, and if they're going to do that, he's going to be healthy. So I'm going to shine this. George is 34 years old, or yeah, oh well, he's 33. He will be 34 at the end of this year in September. Last year he hit 25 home runs. He's hit. Over this number that we're projecting here, 31, he's done that twice in the last seven years. 2017, he hit 34. 2019, he hit 39. Only played in 122 games when he hit 39, by the way. But that was a bozo ball. That was that was the year Bregman, I think, hit a bunch. It was the year the ball was flying out of the park. I'm going to ride the pine on this one. I'd like to join you, Deary, but I can't do it with George 
I'm so sorry, George. It's just not yeah, third over thirty is a huge ask, but uh, especially with the dejuiced ball. But fuck it. Let's go, Joe Ryan, uh, a pitcher. Looks like uh, 182 innings are projected for Joe Ryan. Shine around the pine on 182 innings for Mr. Joe Ryan of the Minnesota Twins. That's a lot of innings to ask from anybody. Um, I think he's going to be significantly lower than that. He's 147 last year. It's his real first you know, cup of tea with the major leagues. I think he sits closer to 160. High would be 170. I'm going to ride the pine on this. I want to ride the pine on it, too. I just think it's a tough number to get to. I'm always going to trend under on innings pitch. 182 for Joe Ryan. He might pitch 175, but that'll still be under. I'm going to ride the pine on 182. Well, let's see. Who else we got here? Oh, this is interesting. How about Alexis Diaz of Cincinnati, who had some uh, late-season closer potential? This year, it looks like... uh, Let's see where the saves... Got to find the save spot there. Wow. Are we looking at 25 saves? Shine or ride the pine on 25 saves for Alexis Diaz. He's still on the Reds, right? He is on the Reds. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Yeah, the issue I have with Alexis Diaz is he's going to strike out a ton of guys, but his propensity to walk people is just really, really poor. He had an amazing ERA last year in his uh, 63 innings pitched. With a terrible walk percentage, really nice strikeout percentage. Oh, God. His left on base percentage was 81% last year. There's no way that's going to be sustainable. Um, and it's on a shit team. Uh, I think he gets to 20, but 25 is going to be really tough to get to. I'm going to ride the pine on this. Uh, I'm totally riding the pine on this, even though I really do like Alexis Diaz of the Cincinnati Reds. Last year, the Reds as a team, as a team, had 31 saves. So this is indicating that Diaz is the absolute closer, doesn't falter, and that the Reds will have more saves this year. The Reds and the Red Sox last year, those are two bullpens. I remember writing down my notes and keeping up on things, writing all last year. Those bullpens were horrendous. I'm riding the pine on 25 saves for Alexis Diaz. I just, I can't do it. I can't do that. No way. That's Can't trust it. No, I mean, that's a crazy. Can't trust it. Can't do that. I mean, he's just the type of guy that. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right, let's try two more, and we'll get out of here. Um, hmm, let's go to the next page. I like to get deeper. Let's get deeper and deeper. Let's not just do the easy top end guys. By the way, Joe Musgrove was hurt this week. He pulled a, uh, a doofus move in the weight room. Shit happens. Don't That's lift okay. weights. Don't lift weights if you're a pitcher. Why are you lifting weights if you're a pitcher? I mean, be flexible, be agile, do Pilates. Right? I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward was a hero for a moment last year. He had his moment in April and May of 2022. Deary, 22 or more home runs for Taylor Ward in 2023. Shine around the pine on 22 home runs for Ward. Yeah, this guy busted out at the start of the season. It was absolutely amazing. Injury bug hit him and had a decent pickup by the last month of the season where he started to play well again after coming back from injury. Did you say 22? 22. That's like, that's like right on the dot. Um, Can't do it. If he's healthy and plays 140 games, I think he's right on the number. So is 22 a shine then? I think it is. You're going to shine it. 22? I'm going to shine I'm going to shine it. Yay! Okay, Taylor Ward. 22 home runs in 2023 or more. 
I tell you, I don't, I don't think this is ridiculous at all. I think Joe Adele is not the guy there. I think that the guy is Taylor Ward. So I'm not really worried about Adele. I'm going to join you. I'm taking over 22 home runs this year. I think the ball will fly out a bit more. There's going to be more action. This could be close. He might end up hitting about 25. But Taylor Ward, I'm going to shine and join you, Deary, on 22 or more home runs. Can't do it. You know, no, I can't Taylor do it. Ward's I can't a really, do it. Taylor yes, Ward's yes, a really yes, interesting... Yes, yes. Taylor Ward's a really interesting fantasy prospect because Roster Resource has him leading off right now for the Angels. And anytime you have a healthy Trout, Otani, and maybe a healthy Rendon also picking up Renfro, who's going <laughs> to probably hit 25 Rendon. home runs, that could really help you out. So Taylor Ward is a sneaky fantasy play if he can stay healthy. That's hilarious. Let's do another Twins. Oh, God. Anthony Rendon. How oh, the mighty have fallen. But at least he got paid. Let's do another twin starter to close it out. Pablo Lopez, in case you forgot, he actually was traded to the Twins. There was a lot of rumors that he might get dealt from the Marlins, but it did happen. He is now a (laughs) twin, and he gets to pitch at Target Field in the AL Central, which is a lot easier than playing in that really tough NL East. Pablo Lopez this year, Steve Paulo is projecting him to strike out at least 185. Shine around the pine on 185 or more strikeouts. For Pablo Lopez, dearie. So this is a guy who's never gone above 10.08 K per nine. And you're projecting 185. That means he's pitching at least 180 innings, which I don't think he's going to get to. Nice pickup for the Twins. I think it's a good scoop up for them. Uh, I think the Twins are going to definitely bounce back this year in the AL Central. But... I don't think he's going to get to that many strikeouts. I, I got him closer to about 155 to 160 because I don't think he's going to get enough innings. Well, for some reason, the last three minutes of the show cut out. So here's Russell Crowe to close out the show. I guess we were just kind of doomed on today's episode. Still one that I think has some value, but it definitely didn't go our way today. We'll catch you next time. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. We must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. (laughs) 